Jacob. Yes, Matt. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, I'd have to say Bride of Frankenstein. All right. Well, that's not that's one of mine as well. But if you were to ask the fine people over at superyaki.com, they'd probably say Scream because recently uh, they just put out a whole line of uh, Scream uh, merchandise and uh, cool stuff like that. Shirts that say directed by Wes Craven, uh, shirts that just say Courtney Cox, Matthew Lillard, David Arquette. Uh, in this classic Scream font. They have that amazing hat and bumper sticker that says, uh, you know, based on the book The Woodsboro Murders by Gail Weathers. Uh, I'm very happy they put that hat back in production because I purchased one for myself a while back, but Carlo has uh, taken it from me. And that's his hat now. So I don't have that (laughs) hat anymore. So I should probably get that hat. Uh, Can you believe it's been 25 years since Scream? (sighs) Please make me feel older, Jacob. (laughs) <laughs> I, I still remember that was one of the the vhs's that my mom got for me when i was a kid i still have that tape somewhere oh that's, wow, that's, uh, nice. that's a very good one and uh now you can even get uh 10 off your order of any of these scream items over at what? superyaki.com did you know that I did not. How can we get such an amazing deal? Huge if true. Uh, Well, we're friends with them, and they sponsor this fine little show. And if you use the discount code SUPERMONSTER at checkout, you will get 10% off your entire order. So rock some super yak E. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good slogan. We should should call Andrew and tell him about this immediately. I'm, I'm, I'm the Don Draper of podcasts. I, I know exactly what I'm doing, Jacob. Welcome back to Monsters Never Die, Talk Film Society's spooky podcast, where Jacob and I discuss classic monsters, human or otherwise, as well as their sequels, remakes, and ripoffs. I'm one of your co-hosts, Matt Curione, editor-at-large over at Talk Film Society, and with me as always is... Jacob DeNoble, your favorite worm doctor. (laughs) Oh, you scamp. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. We are back talking about Godzilla for what will probably be the final time for this podcast, yeah, which is the final both time. exciting and a little sad, you know? I'm a little upset. I mean, we've we've spent this is our fourth episode talking about the the big the big fella and uh we're almost done. Wow. I know. It's More than the end of an it's an end of a Monsters Never Die era, Jacob. And it's it's going to be the end of a Godzilla era as well. It is, it is, it is. Uh, so we're going to be talking about a few uh, in this. Uh, one Japanese film, uh, four American films, and a cartoon. So it'll be fun. It'll yeah, be lots of fun. Yeah. 36 films in total we have covered. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> um, let's make a pact. We will never cover a series this long ever again. I don't think there's many options for I don't us think, to do that. So I don't I, think anything else exists that has gone on this long and has this many movies. 
Um, there's a... Uh, I know the Blondie movies topped 30. The what? You know Blondie, the comic strip? <laughs> like Dagwood? Yeah. Oh, really? There's been 20, movies? Matt, the, 28 films were produced by Columbia Pictures between the years 1938 and 1950. So, I don't believe you. <laughs> the next time you hear some motherfucker complaining about how many Marvel movies there are, I just <laughs> be want like, you to listen to Blondie. That Check out in Blondie 12 movie. years, 12 30 years, movies. they made 28 films about a single oh comic strip character. God. I'm a fan of the man's sandwiches, but I would uh, <laughs> never watch his movies. I'm sorry. I will not. I will not. Uh, so, okay, that's another very long series. Uh, but no monsters in it, so I don't think we'll be discussing it. Yeah, unless you count Dagwood as a sandwich-eating monster. This is true. And then, uh, you know, there's the very long-running James Bond series, but there's no real monsters in that. Um, Again, except for James Bond, who is kind of a soulless monster. Oh, he is. He's uh, He's got a license to kill, Jacob. It comes with the territory. No soul. Uh, but let's talk about the green dude. Or yeah. not so green dude. Sometimes he's not green. Uh, but he's Most big. of the time he's he, not. But He's big. He's loud. He's destructive. He's your drunk uncle. Uh, <laughs> I like him more than my drunk uncle. <laughs> oh, so do I. Uh, real quick, uh, let's get started with uh, Bambi meets Godzilla. Which... Uh, <laughs> I'm springing that one on you as a surprise. Yeah. Uh, it's it's easily watchable on YouTube. It is, I don't know, less than a minute long. And it is the most delightful cartoon you'll ever see. Uh, Bambi uh, munching on some grass. And Godzilla comes along and stomps him out. And the yeah. end. <laughs> it's <Yep>. wonderful. <laughs> It's yeah. It was a, uh, a student film from 1969, yep. and um, they ran it before they ran um, Godzilla 1985 when um, <laughs> Roger Corman's company was in charge of the release of that. They ran the short before the movie started. Hell yes, um, yeah. It's it's great. There's um, it's fun. Yeah the 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 credits are great because it's all one guy, and so like yeah. he gives himself a single credit for each of the things that he did. <laughs> It's um great, yeah. It's a it's a good time. It's they cute. played that when I went to the Mahoning um, Godzilla Fest. Which ah, was bless the Mahoning. Really fun, yeah. Yeah, great little drive-in theater. Can't recommend it enough. Let's move on to a thing that most people wouldn't recommend. Nineteen ninety eight's Godzilla by Roland Ooh. Emmerich. So Matt, uh, I don't know. Tell me a l- it, little bit about it. Looks your pretty. Experience. Uh, my experience with this movie. Okay, well. Godzilla 98. Was I excited for this? Oh, uh, me too. Oh, man. I, I had, uh, I'm had. i a huge fan of back then. I still am of uh, Independence Day, which was, you know, Roland Emmerich's uh, previous film. And mm-hmm. uh, that was a, a huge hit. That, that, that was a massive, crowd-pleasing uh, blockbuster hit that pretty much any kid who saw it thought it was the coolest shit ever. I was one of those kids, and I thought it was one of the coolest things ever. And so the next summer, uh, I believe next summer, the summer after that, uh, summer 98, Godzilla came out. And I was very excited. I had all the action figures, all the little play sets that came out. And uh, I thought it was pretty fun back then, even though I was slightly disappointed, even mm. at, at, the, at the same time. Yeah. Uh, Looking back at it now, I revisited it recently, and uh, it's not great, 
but I like it a lot. It's it's interesting to have uh, a couple of Simpsons actors pop up here. I think that's uh, super fun. That is uh, an odd choice. <laughs> I, uh, I love it, but it's very fun. Uh, honestly, I think this movie would have been better served if Broderick's character wasn't the lead. I don't think Worm Scientist is all that interesting, and I would have used Hank Azaria's character as the lead. I think having like a news cameraman as like your your buy-in to uh, this Godzilla story in New York uh, would have been really cool. Make it, I don't know, a la Cloverfield maybe. Um, I don't know, I'm just, I guess what I'm trying to say is yeah. I f- fucking love Hank Azaria. Like <laughs> in, in, in anything he has ever done. I'm, I'm a huge fan and I think he's really good in this. Uh, I like the effects. I think the effects hold up really well. I got the the recent uh, 4K disc, and uh, most times discs, uh, uh, the the visual effects on uh, movies of this type uh, don't look that great in uh, super high definition. Uh, They look really good on this. Uh, Yeah, I like the cast. I like the look of it. Uh, Jean Renault is clearly uh, collecting a paycheck and having a blast doing it. And he's great in this. Uh, I'm a mild fan, Jacob. I, and plus, it, I, oh, and plus, it has Roger Ebert and uh, Gene Siskel as the mayor and his uh, assistant, which is very funny to me. I that I do love Siskel. <laughs> He he commented on this in his review of it, and he hated that. He was like, "Why would you put?" <laughs> Ebert, Siskel and Ebert in your movie, uh, in your Godzilla movie, as like unflattering caricatures, and then not have us get crushed by Godzilla. That that is weird. They should have been. He's eaten. like, yeah. He's like, at least kill us if you're gonna yeah. do this. <laughs> at least kill us, please. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm with you. I am a mild fan of this movie. Maybe even more than a mild fan. Um, I actually kind of disagree. I, I think Matthew Broderick's character is my favorite part of this movie. Because it's such a it's such a different concept for a lead character that you would ever get in a movie of this size. Because a worm he is scientist. a well, I mean he he is a worm scientist, but he is an anti nuclear. He's an anti nuke activist from college yes. who now yes. works for the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, <laughs> and he's like a gentle man who is so outside of the scope of like what he is meant to do but it's his like humanism and kindness that makes him like succeed in this role and succeed in these like more violent like spaces that he gets thrust into and i think that that's something that is a recurring theme throughout roland emmerich's work which people look at me funny when i talk about themes in roland emmerich's work because his movies are Pretty universally stupid, but the, the moon's gonna hit Earth, Jacob. I cannot wait for that. I can't wait for that stupid moonfall bullshit. Just Matt, pump it into my veins. The the tagline though is a work of genius. In I don't know the tagline. We went to the moon. In 2022, <laughs> the, the moon, moon comes, comes to us. <laughs> <laughs> like that is so uh, smart. Oh bless. Oh bless. Yeah, but um. I I think that Roland Emmerich is very much a humanistic director in that I think he really loves people and he loves kind of the 
the wide swath of humanity. And that's why, you know, he... I think that's why he gravitates to these disaster films, because it allows him to just create this entirely huge canvas yeah, of yeah. characters who are also different and then just kind of bounce them up against each other. Um, this movie, it's it's odd. because, And I think Godzilla fans, I understand why they don't like it. And I think one of the reasons that they don't like it is that they essentially made a King Kong movie in Godzilla skin. Where yes, your central yes, monster do. is a large animal who we both fear, but we also have this like enormous sympathy for. Zilla's cute. I love this design, and I don't really understand why people don't think it looks li- like. To me, this looks like an I updated think it Godzilla. Looks cool. I honestly yeah. prefer this design to the 2014 legendary design. Hard pass, but okay. <laughs> I it's just like. I don't know. I, li- I like his Sher Khan chin, which is what Patrick Totopoulos has, uh, has cited as why he gave him that kind of prominent chin. Um, it, I think it is funny that they named Matthew Broderick's character after Patrick Totopoulos, who designed Godzilla. I think that's, that's just an interesting choice. Uh, I, I like that like they keep having characters who can't say his last name. Papopoulos. Um, <laughs> I and I think one of the interesting things about this movie is that like so I know like people don't like that Godzilla runs and hides pretty much the entire movie like because Godzilla is very much an animal in this and not like an engine yeah. of destruction but there's something I think telling and important about the way that like 99% of the destruction in this movie is done by the US military by the people and Godzilla is just running around gathering fish trying to feed her babies and so, like, yes, the Japanese Godzilla is like an embodiment of you know America's nuclear sins come to shore. But I think this version Godzilla is more of like a reminder of the ways that we create enemies through the war machine, mm-hmm. and then we destroy our own infrastructure to feed it. Like, it's us that American destroy way. the Chrysler Building. It's us that destroy Madison Square Garden. <laughs> and I think part of that is also just that. He wanted to blow those things up, and Godzilla, his Godzilla can't really blow things up, which I do. No. I don't like that. Godzilla should yeah. have his, his fire breath. He kind of does in one scene, but it's like it, it's kind of just heartburn. I, I also I love the Godzilla baby sequence. Like, it's a ripoff of Jurassic Park, but it's also I, I think don't. the most fun part of the movie. Dislike what? Dislike? Why? They're so Hard cute, ass. and I you don't get like, like them at all. You get giant puppet versions of them. Like if I that's where you get the most model work. I'll watch Jurassic Park, sir. The scene where the elevator doors open and all the baby Godzillas are like eating popcorn and like something. Oh my god! There's a scene where they like throw a gumball machine to the ground and they all start slumping on I the ground. When gumballs. I saw that as a kid, I love that shit, man. Uh, also, if I if if anyone ever finds it in a dumpster somewhere, there's a remake of this movie that was shot by me and my friend. Oh my and, god, that's uh, amazing! In his basement. Uh, over uh, over a couple nights during the summer, and uh, wasn't good. Was not good. It had a lot of miniature photography using. Uh, we had a giant VHS camcorder, and we used a lot of uh, those playsets that I talked about, uh-huh. and a lot of uh, buildings made out of cardboard boxes that we knocked over. And the Godzilla costume was a green sleeping bag that we kind of like, <laughs> kind of just you know. 
wandered around in and shot at weird angles so you couldn't tell it was a sleeping bag. And since we didn't have any uh, sound effects to make Godzilla and our Godzilla roars were bad, uh, Mm -hmm. we would just use the soundtrack album to Godzilla 98 featuring the uh, Godzilla remix of Green Day's Brain Stew because it started out with the Godzilla roar, which oddly enough popped up on the radio at work the other day. That is so wild. <laughs> not not just regular brain stew, but brain stew with the Godzilla roar. That played at the restaurant last week, and uh, I was shocked. I was like, is this a glitch in Pandora? Like, what is what is happening? Why why are they playing this version? I will say, that fucking album rules. <laughs> that uh-huh, The soundtrack yeah. to this one, like... <laughs> The Puff Daddy Come With Me Uh is genuinely, the music video for that is genuinely one of my favorite short films of all time. (laughs) You know what? Any song that that angers uh, uh, classic rock fans... a plus, buddy. I, 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 and like Jimmy Page is playing guitar on the track. Like they didn't just sample it. No, they didn't just sample it. Jimmy Page is there. That's what I'm saying. It's amazing. Here's my hot take. It's a better song than Cashmere. (laughs) I'm not going to go that far. I'm going to. It's fucking awesome. And the music video has Puff Daddy, as he was known then, in in an elevator that starts (sighs) shooting up faster and faster. And that's so fast that it explodes out the roof of the building. And then Puff Daddy flies out the roof of the elevator. And then he explodes into a flock of doves. (laughs) I don't know why. And I don't know what that has to do with Godzilla. But then he lands. And then there's like a church choir. And it's fucking (sighs) awesome. Oh, my God. I, I say a lot of good things about this movie. I will say... It doesn't make a single ounce of logical sense. No, it doesn't. You have uh, to have an immense sense of suspension of disbelief because characters will just assert things and hope just that you with- agree with them. Like, oh, New York, that's the perfect place for Godzilla to hide. Sure what? it is. Why? What? <laughs> oh, Godzilla must be pregnant. How do you know that? I bought some corner dro- corner store pregnancy tests. Yes, and used it on a non-human. Yeah, okay. Uh, and he's like, bottom oh, line, look for the same thing. Bottom line, soundtrack rules. It gave us soundtrack the wallflowers. Rules. Good for them. I will also say, I think, I think on the whole, this probably has the most interesting human characters out of any American Godzilla movie. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's a low bar, but I I like everybody. I think Maria Patillo, she gets a bad rap because she's, like, playing everything as if she's in a 90s indie, like, relationship drama, but I like she's that about worst. her. Oh, I <laughs> like her. fucking worst. I don't think I've seen her in anything else, but she's pretty bad in this. Yeah, no, this killed her career dead, but, Good. like, Hank Azaria's great. I, he and his girlfriend do drop a lot of slurs at each other for like the first 20 <laughs> minutes that makes me pretty uncomfortable but you just watch it like oh jesus the late 90s were a very different time yes they were this yes, um were. but yeah i don't know i i would say give this another watch it's i think it's a lot of fun and i don't know try to be less prickly about godzilla it's it's a hoot less prickly so this brings us to it's, it was a long time between Godzilla movies here in the States. Yes. Godzilla, as it's known, I guess, Godzilla 2014. Yeah, Gareth Edwards. Yes. yes. That's right, right. I always <laughs> I always have to pause and make sure it's not Gareth Evans. No, that's the raid guy. Yeah. <laughs> this is the other guy. 
this movie it's I, I you love this movie is that right yeah so let's you you can go first okay this movie doesn't do like when this was our only legendary godzilla movie i think i was more warm towards it um now i love what it does visually i think gareth edwards is the best shooter we've had on a godzilla movie ever the the take to shoot Mm -hmm. everything only from places where a camera could be really sells the scale I think no film sells Godzilla as a real large monster better than Godzilla 2014 does. And I think it just makes a lot of just odd, unforced errors with the drama. I think it's weird that Godzilla isn't really a driving force in the narrative at all. He just kind of shows up. Like, if you look at the plot points on paper, everything is driven by the Mutos. Like, Mutos kill Ford's dad. Mutos kill Ford's mom. Mutos are the cause of the inciting incident. We're chasing the Mutos throughout the entire movie. And Godzilla, like, shows up to fight them once in Hawaii and then once in San Francisco. But that's really the only, like, role he has in the film. And I just... I feel like that's such an odd decision for, like, reintroducing Godzilla. I want him to be more central to the narrative here as opposed to... He's like he almost has an antagonist role for like he's the good guy, but he is like opposing the characters that are actually driving everything, which is the Mutos. Um, but that said, I I think this does lay a lot of really good groundwork for the Legendary series, which I do end up liking a lot. Um, I think Monarch is great. Uh, I love Monarch's Sarazawa. a cool concept. Yeah. Serizawa is just, he's so fucking good. And he's so, he, the movie lights up when he's on screen. Um, Brian Cranston. It's hard not to when you, it's not hard not to when you have Ken Watanabe. Yeah, Ken Watanabe. He's, he gets a great speech about Hiroshima and the, the fact that his father was a, you know, a survivor of that. He, it's, let them fight is iconic for a reason. Oh my god, um, yes. I I do not have a problem. I I know a lot of people do, like with holding back on seeing Godzilla until the very end. Like as I like it. you know. I, like I it. love that. I think that that's that was a great choice and a great move. But I they think went the once Jaws we, route. Smart. Once we see Godzilla, I I don't really want to leave him. And I feel like the climax we get almost too much like it cuts away from Godzilla fighting Mutos to show Ford trying to start a boat. And I'm just like, this is so uninteresting to me. (laughs) Now that the monster fighting has started, can we at least stay with them? But (laughs) this is, I don't know. This is a very interesting movie to me. I think it's a big swing and I think it's a near miss to me. Um, But I think Gareth Edwards did an amazing job with the screenplay he was given, I think it's just, it's an odd screenplay to me. But tell me a little bit about about your love of, of Godzilla 2014. Jacob, hand me a newspaper. Okay. Specifically, hand me the business section. Okay. Because Godzilla is the business. I love <laughs> this movie so much. It is one of, this really, this it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I adore this thing. I think it's just it's like a wonderful uh, like you said a big swing of a blockbuster. Uh it reminds me a lot of Peter Jackson's King Kong uh where I feel that like not only is it 
high entertainment. Uh, it's pretty important for blockbuster movies as a whole. Uh, it's it's a big old monster movie uh, with different sensibilities done right. I love the effects in this movie. I think Godzilla, mm-hmm. I, I love my chonky boy. I love him. I love him. He's cute, but a foreboding and dangerous. Uh, it, this movie ha- sounds great. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a loud, loud movie. This probably is the loudest movie I own. It's uh, it's earth-shattering, actually. Uh, this movie almost cured my wig blindness, Jacob. Almost. <laughs> almost. Uh, it's a running joke, with people I know that I can't tell when people in a movie are wearing a wig. Uh, Brian Cranston almost solved that. Uh, almost. Almost. Because uh, that is a bad wig he's wearing. Uh, I, I love this movie. I love the human characters. I, I love the, the melodrama that's going on. I just... this the, That Halo jump sequence. Holy shit. Uh, that is just like haunting and beautiful. And his choice to use that the, the soundtrack to 2001 during that is a pretty ballsy move, but it works. Um, yeah, I love this. I, I, I will watch this one uh, probably more than, uh, uh, yeah, crucify me. Any other Godzilla movie, if you wow. put a Godzilla movie in front of me. Uh, it's my favorite Godzilla movie. That's so interesting. Wow. Yeah, going going back 40, 50 years, uh, I adore this thing. Uh, I understand it's not for everyone, and that's a good thing, because uh, most Matt movies aren't. <laughs> I, I do really like how they portray Godzilla in this movie, in that Godzilla is an unambiguous hero, but he also kills a lot of people. <laughs> like, and he also has the, the, the greatest on-screen mic drop of all time is Ever. which which moment of that is cuz there's uh, several very good moments for him his his mic drop moment in this and this is when he breathes fire down the mudo's neck severs That's, its head and drops the head like a microphone that is such a great moment <laughs> and, but, I mean, just there, tosses that microphone down on the ground he's like yeah i'm back there are so many really iconic great images in this film and moments that i think it really sells just the grandiosity and scale of it like, one of my f- one of my favorites is um uh olsen going into the the fallout shelter and the door is shutting as mm-hmm. godzilla is like screaming yeah uh, great stuff i uh, the the first stuff. use of the uh atomic breath is so good like yes that you hear the chum and you see the like light just coming in from off screen and as it follows up the tail and it's got this weird they don't really follow up on this on any of the legendary sequels, but in this one, the atomic breath has a weird, almost like liquidy quality to it. It's very it's gross. Cool and it's very clearly radiation breath as opposed to fire breath, which it's very sometimes gross. it gets recast as. Yes. Um, yeah, l- like you said, the halo jump is just astonishing. I love the first time we see Godzilla fully. Mm-hmm. Um, you have it's a great scene where. Like, the Mutos throw, like, a bus, and it blows up an airplane, and we're following the explosions, and you just see the foot of Godzilla stomp down, and it's so perfectly selling how big he is, because he's framed against things that we clearly know the size of, and then it it, it pans up, and you see him roar, and, like, that's great. And I, I love the gag, where we only see that fight on TV. Oh I my god, it's great. I, that's that's a it's a it's a good gag, but it's also 
done really well, like visually, yeah. like f- for the story. It it's so interesting to me that I would say ninety nine percent of this movie is shot so perfectly, but the one thing I think that they don't present well, and I think this this is honestly the cause of so many people's problems with this as a plot point, is Brian Cranston's death. He's like out of focus and entirely CG and it's so weird that like that's how they presented such a like important dramatic moment for the movie it's like you can almost places to be I I know I mean like it's fine there's a reason he was wearing a wig (laughs) it's fine to me that they kill off Brian Cranston at that point in the movie on it like I I don't really mind that at all it's just everything else is shot so perfectly and the storytelling visually is so strong throughout the rest of the movie that that one moment just doesn't land with any impact at all and it's just so weird that that's like the one moment where they I, I don't know what happened there I don't know if I don't know. It, it's just, it's such an odd, an odd thing. Very strange. I but do like... I love the movie, so it's, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> I, I like that the central concept of the movie is essentially the Odyssey, and it's Aaron Taylor Johnson is trying to get home to fuck his wife after two years. His sister wife, yes. Because, like, he... <laughs> I mean, she's only his sister wife uh, because of Marvel. <laughs> and that happened the next year, and that was a, a weird little uh, loop my brain went through when I was watching uh, Age of Ultron the next year. I was like, wait, they were just married. Uh, what? <laughs> but like, what? Because it opens with, he's like, hey, I'm finally back from the military. I was gone for two years. And then like that night, they're like, let's just do about it, baby. Fuck. And then they get a phone call that his dad's in Japan and got arrested. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go deal with this. And then I'll come back and then we can finally do this. And then the whole rest of the movie is just things stopping him from fucking his wife. It's I so like good. that. I think that's a that's a good it's concept. Good. And it's good. That's it's a good. that's a a story we haven't seen before in a Godzilla movie, which is something that I'm no. always looking for. Exactly. It's nice. Uh, let's talk. So uh, we're both fans of it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like I said, it's my least favorite of the legendaries, and honestly, I don't see myself revisiting this very often. I would Shame. I would probably revisit. <laughs> any Toho movie before this, but I I do enjoy it and but I I enjoy it more in its like fits of brilliance than as a as a narrative the whole way through. Alright, let's talk about 2019's Godzilla King of the Monsters. It is so much fun, Jacob. I yeah. love this movie. This movie's uh, this, great. <laughs> leading up to this movie is when I originally did my uh 30-something movie uh Godzilla Marathon and it watching this movie for the first time and having seen all the previous Godzilla movies uh, it's a much different beast from 2014 mm-hmm. uh, but it also kind of perfectly mixes elements from the Heisei era and the Millennium periods uh, and throw in a little you know little sprinkling of Showa uh, mm-hmm. to make this really cool modern take on destroy all monsters essentially Uh they brought back uh, my favorite kaiju, uh, which is Mothra. I love her here. Uh, King Ghidorah is uh, terrifying, honestly. Uh, they brought in uh, some more uh, actors and actresses uh, for the human characters. I thought they were really good. Uh, Charles Dance is great, as always. Uh, he <laughs> never never lets me down. Always love that guy. Uh, they even brought back Rodan, which... Uh, yeah, yeah. 
is my main issue with this movie. But other than that, it's pretty damn great. Do you just hate Rodan? I love Rodan. I don't like the noise he makes in this movie, Jacob. That's not the Rodan noise. (laughs) It is interesting that everybody else gets their iconic noises except for Rodan. Except for Rodan. It's like, okay, you're not really going to take that extra step. But no, this movie's fun, and uh, I don't understand why people hate it. It's weird. It's weird. (laughs) People think this is just like the worst movie ever made, and uh, lighten up. This, this movie rules. I Yeah, no, I love this movie. I, I personally prefer this to 2014, and I think part of it is just because uh, Michael Doherty... It's got more monsters. Uh, yeah, it's got more monsters. It's got monsters I know. <laughs> it's got more fights. Um, and Michael Doherty is very clearly a Godzilla fanboy in a way yes. that I don't think Gareth Edwards was. I think no, he wasn't. Gareth Edwards likes Godzilla, and you know probably has seen a handful of them, but like Michael Doherty is so clearly an obsessive fan and like is constantly trying to work Easter eggs in, which normally, you know, that kind of shit annoys me a little bit, but with Godzilla, it, it, I, I clap like a small child every time. It's like, Oh, yes. there's Mazer cannons. Oh, his name's monster. Uh, when, Zero. They, when they, re- when they reveal the, the Mothra twins, I, uh, I uh, screamed in the theater, Jacob, I, I, let uh, out a, I let out a scream and I was very happy. Uh, he he changed the design of Godzilla slightly and in kind of fanboy ways that I probably would have too if I was coming onto this after yeah. 2014. So he gives him he's the, less he's less thick. He gives him the classic dorsal fins. He makes his head yeah, a little yeah, yeah. bigger. I think his head's still a little too small. I just want Godzilla's head to be like 25 percent bigger and just massive. I would have no problem. A massive head, <laughs> not massive, but proportional to his body. That's uh, fine. I'll allow that. That's fine. Um, but, uh, movie rules. Yeah. Uh, this is the best Mothra King Ghidorah has ever been. Yes. Agreed. Uh, like, this is... Menacing a, as hell. A terrifying King Ghidorah. This is a... I love the I, the concept that he brings electrical storms with him. Mm-hmm. It, it's cool it, as shit. He just has his own atmospheric lighting that he always brings with him. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, I think this is probably one of the best Rodans we've ever gotten. Changing Rodan into being a fire, like, fire pterodactyl and bringing back the volcano aspect of him because that's where they yeah. kill off Rodan in the original Rodan. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Like, and he's also just like a big whiny asshole who will just follow. Yeah, he's a like, dick. I love they him. They totally capture Rodan's personality. And that's one of the things I love about this movie is they capture each of the monsters' personalities so well without yes, ever fully yes. humanizing them. Yes. Um, uh, Ma- what do you think Mothra. of the Mothra design here? I don't love Absolutely it. love it. Really? Absolutely love it. I love that she looks like an actual moth, uh, but she still has that beauty. Still has that that like majestic quality, yeah, and has that awesome power. I I I love that. Basically, it's Godzilla's wife. Uh, yeah, I think that's really really wonderful. Um, I will send you some fan art I found when this movie came out, and it's just these cute, adorable uh, uh, drawings of uh, Mothra and Godzilla married. Uh, oh, I've altar, I've seen those already. <laughs> uh, just hugging, and it's like it's like the cutest, most pure thing. And uh, I guess spoilers for the movie uh, when she sacrifices herself. Uh, for Godzilla, and he overloads. Uh, if you look at the screen, pay attention, as you should with a movie, uh, the 
outline of the explosion is Mothra. And yeah. it's it's this cool little touch that they add, and holy crap, I love I love my queen in this movie. She is wonderful. Yes, yes, more more of her. They should do a modern Mothra spinoff movie. Just give me that. That'll be fun. The the human stuff in this I think is interesting, but I don't know if I the like drama it. ever fully la- like. I think conceptually all of the drama is great because you have Kyle Chandler and Vera Farmiga are parents who lost a kid to Godzilla during the 2014 film. Yep. And then great they to have, see uh, great to see Kyle Chandler here after King Kong. It's nice. Yeah. He got he got to be in the two major monster movies. Pretty cool. And um, but I don't know if making I don't think they landed on the reveal that Vera Farmiga is going to be our villain. I don't think it hits at the right point in the movie, personally. I don't think it lands with the impact that it should because they try and keep it mysterious for too long. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I think the reveal should have happened the moment that the terrorists attack Mothra and take her with them. Okay, Because there's, there's just so much built in. Like, the first time you see them, you're like, oh, it's a regular domestic family. And they're like, oh, no, they're living on a monarch base. And it's like, oh, but oh, their no. dad is... Oh, their dad was drinking, and you're just—you're never full—you never fully have your feet under you on what are the dynamics of this family, yeah. which I think is fine for a little bit, but eventually, I think you want to actually make that. I think keeping it mysterious, you don't gain enough out of the reveal when it happens that you lose in the dramatic tension, and so I think okay. if we knew Vera Farmiga was the villain from the beginning, I think that that—not even the beginning, but like you know. 10 minutes after her introduction. I think that that would go a long way in smoothing over, I think, some of the trouble people have with the uh, human plotting in this movie. I do... I like the big cast of characters. I... I, lo- I like the cast here. The, the the cast does it for me. I like all I know the actors here. People give it crap because there are, like, multiple comic reliefs, but I think they all bring a slightly That's different fine. energy, and I think that they're yeah. all genuinely funny, so I, I don't really care. Yeah, I I like the human characters in these movies. It's uh, it's 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 a nice throwback to uh, the Showa era, where I I actually liked the humans. <laughs> yeah, uh, it does. I would say a similar thing as Godzilla twenty fourteen though, where a major death is just handled so oddly. Where when Sally Hawkins dies. It's again, it's like... Oh, out of nowhere. It's just like... It's like... Stop, And it's not even like out of nowhere. It's like, it's kind of out of focus and it's so covered with CG shit. You're like not even sure that she died until like people start reacting to it. And it's like... Where is she? Why do these movies keep beefing these like... What should be like really affecting deaths? Like... But... Sarazawa, I think he gets a death that is not beefed at all. No, that's very, very well done. And he gets to boop his nose. It's great. It's honestly my favorite part of the movie because I think if you're you're making the 35th Godzilla movie, (laughs) you should be thinking, what can I bring to the table that's new? What can we do that we haven't seen before? And showing Godzilla's house that was built by an ancient civilization and is now... Yeah, you get to go to Godzilla's house in this movie. In an open cave that's filled with radiation and have it and to have Sarazawa be the guy who's down there and to have Sarazawa be the guy who is sacrificing yeah. his life to feed Godzilla so that Godzilla can save us all. That is such great. a great moment. And he uh when he takes off he, he like puts his head he boops his snoot and he's like farewell he old friend. Snoot. And Godzilla like can kind of tell what's going on. I love that. Yeah. 
I think this is good. I, I like what they do with the Oxygen Destroyer, where, to me, the Oxygen Destroyer is representative of nuclear weaponry, mm-hmm. and it's the thing that almost destroys the only thing that could save us. Like, So they use the Oxygen Destroyer to try and kill Ghidorah. Doesn't work, but it takes Godzilla almost entirely out. And the yeah. only way you to actually, bring... You actually care about Godzilla in this movie. Like he's, yeah. like, he's your hero. Like We love him. And the only way that you can bring Godzilla back is by sacrificing our nuclear weapons. Like, yes. I love that. I think thematically that that's a really interesting, cool idea. Um, but yeah, and then the final battle is great. Um, it's awesome. It, it again, it, I, I wish it went on a little bit longer, but that's just I, that's just because I, I wish that they always went on <laughs> a little longer. But yes. it's... Godzilla is just so cool in this, and the music is mm-hmm. phenomenal. Like Bear McCreary, just like top-notch job. They bring back all of the original themes, which I think is so important, and it's what makes this one feel the most like Godzilla to me. Out of any of the American Godzilla movies, yeah. because you have those musical cues, you have characters acting like we know that they act you have so much yeah i don't want to say fan service because it's just like verisimilitude to what we know these characters are and do and that's great i this movie is it's absolutely it's a hoot it's it's lovely it is both a hoot and a holler it's maybe a hair too long i think but yeah what are you gonna do it's worth the ride yeah. Uh, what's next? Next, we go on to Kong, Godzilla versus Kong. Oh my God! This, I will say, this one's my favorite of the legendary era. This is one of my favorite movies of the year. It's, I love it, Jacob. Uh, tell, tell me, tell me of your your love for this movie. So this movie. It went through fairly heavy rejiggering and reshoots and everything, and they cut yeah, so it. So does every movie. Well, they cut it down to the bone. And you know what? Sometimes the that's good. the fucking right choice. Like, mm-hmm. what? how much else do I need with Godzilla vs. Kong other than great Godzilla vs. Kong fights? And, and we get them. Yeah. This movie plentiful. I... I just love this movie so much. It's so fun and imaginative and just a wild ride and it never slows down and it's always moving. And and the, the choices that this movie makes uh, make me smile. Um, yeah. Even just on like a nerd level where uh, that one woman kept calling uh, King Kong a monkey. <laughs> and I, I remember seeing this movie and calling that. I'd be like, it's an ape. Stop calling it a monkey. And then she gets killed. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. That's that's Kong didn't like that. He's not a monkey. He's an ape. Uh, I, I like like all the little side characters in this. Yeah, I love I love, I love Brian Tyree Henry as the podcaster. <laughs> I I uh, like I his character cool. a lot. I don't like Only his introduction in this movie. <laughs> I like his. I like the fact that he's like a podcaster. Uh, I wrote this on one of my reviews for that because it reminded me of like someone with like a, just a normal thing they do, like like the comic book artist from Gigan. Like, yeah, 
he's just a normal guy uh, dealing with this stuff. You know, he's got a small little following on, you know, iTunes or Spotify or whatever, and he gets swept up in the craziness. Uh, yeah. And this movie, oh my God, Jacob, it's so colorful. It's, it, it's so pretty. It was the first it's 4K got, disc it's got I bought when fights. I bought a 4K TV. And you made a smart shit, choice. It is the yep. movie to do this with. Yeah, isn't it though? Isn't it? <laughs> I think uh, it's pretty. What, what makes this movie work so well? I think Godzilla vs. Kong. I think they got backed into it in the re- in reshoots and re-editing, but they did the thing that I think the entire Legendary series should have done from the beginning, and mm-hmm. it's the monsters are the main characters. Thank you. Like we, the protagonist of this film is Kong. And yes. he is the first guy we see. He's the first character we see. He's the last With character we see. With that great music playing. We experience the journey through his eyes. And that allows all the other characters to just be really interesting side characters and not have to take the weight of the entire narrative on their shoulders. The way that like Kyle Chandler kind of has to be inflated into extra importance because they want him to have an important role in the climax. And it's like, no, it's fine that it's just Godzilla and Kong are our main characters now. Let's just see this movie through their eyes. And I love that. I love when I first saw it, I want, I, you know, I was, I was like, "Mm." as a Godzilla guy versus a Kong guy, I was like, Oh, I do wish Godzilla just had a little more, but, and rewatches the same. I, I wish he. I wish they had like kept him as like a like a like a hero character in the other one. But I get it. I get it. I I kind of like him as the villain. And one of the things I do love about him is that. So they talk about how Godzilla has an ancient rivalry with Kong species, but Kong sure. is the youngest of his species. Yes. So every time they He's see lonely. each other. Godzilla's like this motherfucker and Kong is just like what is your problem with me yeah who are you leave (laughs) me alone it cracks me up every like the scene that I love so much is when Godzilla shoots his atomic breath down into the center of the earth he bores a hole to the center of the earth just to be like motherfucker I hear you down there you come up here and fight me that's not waiting all day I got stuff to do come on this movie rules Uh, i think the fights are the best in this movie than in all of the legendary films i think pretty good they they escalate but beyond the need to be realistic and they are just embracing awesomeness and the camera work is so dynamic you know what else i love in this movie jacob what mecha godzilla Mecha Godzilla. Love how they pull off Mecha Godzilla here. I I love his look. Uh, he's like really evil looking. Um, that's that's a mean looking robot, and uh, not a big fan of uh, how just. I mean, I'm a big fan of it, but like that, that bastard's mean, Jacob. I I love the King Ghidorah gamer chair that yes, <laughs> yes, it's wonderful to pilot him, and then is immediately fried. I love the concept that that it's kind of stolen from the Millennium Era Mecha Godzilla movies, where yeah. Ghidorah's brain is so powerful that it overrides anything the humans were trying to do, and it makes Mecha Godzilla again the final bo- the final villain of this movie is a monster. It's not humans controlling a monster. Yeah. It's not humans doing anything. It's humans accidentally unleash something that is beyond what they can understand. And now Godzilla and Kong have to team up to fight it. And they just do such great expression work. Like that team up feels 
earned because they hate each other the whole rest of the movie. And like, yeah, the moment and they see this 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 robot, and they're like, actually, no, fuck this it's, guy instead. <laughs> it's genuinely like moving and emotional when they team up, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's good. It's and real good. I think they finally figured out the uh, right amount of human interventions in the climax for this film. Um, mm-hmm. Adam Wingard directed this, and he did the wonderful "You're Next" and the guests. And I like "You're Next." "You're Next," I think, is fucking amazing. I love. I have next. not seen uh, the guest. The guest is great too. In um, fact, I used to own it on Blu-ray, but that thing's gone. I lent it out, and I don't know where the hell it is. Yeah, but yeah. So the. The thing that he does to bring the human characters involved in the climax, he's like, I don't want to have the human characters win the fight. That needs to be the monster's yeah, no, that's monster's job. But they, I want you know, you want them to participate somehow. So what you end up with is Team Godzilla and Team Kong both get to play a small role in getting their guy back into action. So like. Kong needs his heart restarted. So Alexander Skarsgård flies a you know the heave and fucking uses it as a giant defibrillator on him yeah which is a awesome and goofy b not within the like you're not interrupting the action for that moment and so it doesn't feel disruptive the way that i think sometimes kyle chandler and vera farmiga looking for millie bobby brown while godzilla is fighting Ghidorah feels like it's interrupting the flow of the action in a way that this does not and then yeah. at the end of the movie and then the other thing is that team godzilla then all they do is they they pour a little alcohol on the control panel just to make make King Ghidorah make a Mechagodzilla's laser Love it. just just for a second not work. They don't Love take that trio out. by the way of uh, Millie Millie Bobby Brown, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, and uh, kid from Deadpool. Love that. Yeah. Love that trio. I forget that I, guy's name, that kid's name, but Julian... I, I love. Yeah, I love that trio. I think they're a lot of fun. I, I love both teams. I think both Team Kong and Team Godzilla are really fun and interesting. Um, yeah, they're good. I think Millie Bobby I like, Brown. I like Rebecca Hall in this. Rebecca Hall. I mean, my but existing then again, I always crush, love her. Yeah, my existing crush on Rebecca Hall is not helped by her earnestly saying <laughs> things like, Kong bows to no one. Yes, <laughs> like, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> like... It, it, they're all hitting such great, perfect notes, and nobody's hitting the same note, which I think I love. Uh, like That's Rebecca nice. Hall is, she is treating this so seriously, and her deadpan delivery of everything makes it so much funnier. And then I Alexander Skarsgård is like, he's kind of a dipshit, like know nothing, <laughs> and that yeah, kind and of he's that hot, rules. so it's fine. Like. You in a uh, listeners, if you want a fun surprise, look him up on uh, IMDb. He has the best IMDb photo ever, <laughs> ever. In a, have you seen it, Jacob? I have seen it. It's good. It's the best, and you know that he uploaded that himself. <laughs> I think in a more conventional film, he would have been our main character, and he that would have yes. sucked. Instead, he's just like this dope who is going around and yeah. does one good thing in the climax, and that's all. This goofy bastard. I love him. Uh, apparently before the reshoots he had like an entire like it was his wife who died on the original journey into hollow earth and blah 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 now he's depressed and they just like that they jettisoned all of that because who gives a shit yeah hollow we haven't even talked about hollow earth and it's gorgeous it looks cool it's got cool bug monsters it's got cool bug monsters it's got cool 
gravity coming from both ground and sky. <laughs> Love it. Oh my god. You got to see Godzilla's home in the last movie, and now you get to see Kong's home, and both yeah. are so great. I, All the stuff is there. It's cool. Yeah. This this movie is just so It's fun. fun. I love it. I love it. I love Godzilla vs. Kong, and uh, uh, people should watch it, because it's a joyous occasion. I, I just thought, like, Millie Bobby Brown, I think she really... Her character is I like so her. much. I'm a big she's fan. So much more interesting in this one than she was in the last one, and Without I liked her in the Without last one. But like, yeah. now she has like PTSD and is just like manically <laughs> obsessed with Godzilla. <laughs> like, Isn't it great? That's so good. Good times. Good times. I, uh, but I think she's a. I, honestly, I think she's a good actress. Yeah. Oh, definitely. She's she's good, and she's got a bright future ahead of her. I'm very excited. She's one of the young actors that I'm actually looking forward to watching evolve throughout the years it's going to be interesting i will say i think it's funny that the the differences between so team kong you have a world-renowned geologist a biologist and the only person who communicate with kong and they're all backed by like a billion dollar future tech company and then you have team godzilla and that's led by a literal child with ptsd her friend who brings nothing to the table and a crazy conspiracy nut it's like it's great right no you guys are not balanced at all no 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 no. it's good though i like those teams and uh i just want to the my there's a great shot during the titular and the titular fight it earns every moment it is i think you know if you're making godzilla versus kong godzilla versus kong has to be good and the fight here i think totally lives up to it all the fights here are good you get this the amazing do you know the back to the future ride shot which is what uh, no. Adam Wingard describes it as the scene where it's the heave comes out of hollow earth and we follow, it's a like first person shot of the heave as it's flying okay, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. like spins around. What's Godzilla a heave? The, that's the for our listeners. It's the hovercraft, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. The hover. Okay. And it, I, I don't know what it's whatever. It's the but, hollow earth. It's, 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 oh, yes. it's a hovercraft. It's fine. hollow earth recreational vehicle. <laughs> Sure. It's a <laughs> silly thing. I I honestly, I think that's my favorite shot in the franchise because it's, again, it sells scale so well, but it's combined with like bonkers energy and the neon coloring of the climax is so good. This movie is just fun. Oh, Godzilla versus Kong. I, I really want there to be a sequel. And apparently it, because I was convinced this was going to bomb. Because Godzilla King of the Monsters didn't make any money. And nobody... I didn't think people cared enough about Kong for it to people to care about Godzilla fighting Kong. But I think partly because it was the first movie to come back to theaters post... Once people started getting vaccinated. That I think... It came came out during that little break when like COVID was almost gone. But then it came back. it It was my return to theaters movie. And it was great. And... Because of that, though, I really hope they're making a sequel, and I want the sequel to just be called Godzilla and Kong, and yes, I want it to team be- up. Can I, Matt? Can I pitch you on my Godzilla and Kong fanfic idea? Please do. All right, I want it to be Godzilla and Kong. I want it to be a buddy cop movie that is oh inspired God, yes. by essentially destroy all monsters and invasion of the Astro Monster. Okay. So I want there to be an alien invasion. And I want Godzilla and Kong to be the only two who can help us fight against it. And I want the aliens to take Godzilla and Kong to a 
to their back to their alien planet, even though, you know, our people may, you know, our main characters don't want that to happen. And then we're just on the alien planet and we're just going to follow Godzilla and Kong as they have to figure out how to activate the transporter that brings them back to Earth <laughs> so, that, <laughs> so that they can fight off the alien invasion here on Earth. And if I, could I throw, love it. Throw Gigan as they're like, yeah. as the main monster villain. Sure. I, make it happen, Legendary. I think it's a great idea. Billion dollars right there. I love it. Um, that's all the American Godzillas, but we do still have one more Toho Godzilla. We had to jump oh a little boy. out of order because this it's one came fine. out in the middle of the Legendary series. Yes. Shin Godzilla. Yeah. This, um, I love it. Yeah. This movie I think correct. this, uh, this director, uh, fucking rules, uh, Hideki uh, Anno, uh, he's really good he knows his shit uh he makes this uh really interesting hilarious uh bureaucratic farce and throws godzilla in it for good measure i think it's really well done i love the look of godzilla in this movie i uh it's i love how this is like a gritty pokemon reboot uh because (laughs) godzilla is constantly evolving uh it, it's it's just it's a cool concept uh great director great movie it's colorful it's purple uh it's got some the some terrifying effects on godzilla's face when he does his fire breath uh yeah this movie fucking rules jacob yeah i i don't know that i would have thought that godzilla versus bureaucracy would have been as compelling of a movie but this it's movie- good it does such an amazing job, essentially just showing, okay, what is the disaster response to yes, something yes. like Godzilla? And I gotta fucking tell you, I watched this, you know, in a week where we had COVID, a hurricane mm-hmm. in the south, and wildfires in the west, and like, it hits kind of hard when it's placed into that context. And I, I. I like that it is both satirical and knowing of the flaws of Japanese government, but it's also hopeful about our ability to overcome that and our ability to work together. I love when something big and bad is happening. The first 10 minutes of the movie, there's three separate meetings in two locations and they go back and forth between the two locations for those three meetings. It's great. There's just so many good gags about the bureaucracy of this where, you know, as characters die or as characters are promoted, their titles get longer and longer until by the yeah, end of the movie when they're introduced, <laughs> their subtitle title takes up the entire screen. Yeah, it's fun. And it's um, so, it's such an interesting It's cool. And the destruction is cool. The effects are great. Uh, like I said before, I, I'm a fan of this director. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I watched all of those Evangelion movies recently, and uh, they're fucking great. And this was actually the first thing of his that I'd seen was Shin Godzilla. Yeah, it's honestly the uh, only thing of his I've seen. Yeah, and uh, it really got me wanting to watch, uh, you know, the Evangelions, and I'm so glad I finally did. It's uh, some good stuff. I think it's very, very good stuff. I, I think it's such an interesting and a really great choice to essentially 
contrast the dark comedy of a lot of the human-based scenes with yeah. what is genuinely probably the most sad and disturbing and horrific destruction scenes in the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Maybe since the original, I, w- I would say. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like it's so visually interesting and this new Godzilla is so different than what we're used to and it makes it He's cool hard. looking. It's the first Godzilla movie that actually make, you know, when I see Godzilla destroy things in a Godzilla movie, I'm rooting for Godzilla because I'm a Godzilla fan. And this is the first yeah. movie to make me question that, to make me not feel that way because it's presented so new and different and horrifying and sad. And like that, the way that the like purple flame bursts into the laser and destroys everything. It's so, it's just so well done. And he unhinges his jaw and it's terrifying. And then the back third of the movie is just a really compelling, what I would consider almost a remake of Godzilla Raids Again, where the central premise is, okay, there's no weapon that will destroy Godzilla. What do we do to defeat him then? How can we work together? How can we organize a response to this? And it's so effective and interesting and great. I love this movie. This movie is... Yeah, it's cool as shit. It's a masterpiece. It's so Uh, good. This it's one of those things that it made me a fan of the director, and then going and watching his other movies reinforced that, you yeah. know. And uh, now I'm really looking forward to his next film, uh, which is actually uh, much like he did Shin Godzilla. He's doing Cayman Rider, which yeah. should be uh, pretty fucking cool. Oh, now he's doing uh, Ultraman. Uh, he's also doing that, yeah. But his uh, oh, is he doing also is- doing a Cayman Rider? Mm-hmm. He sure is. He's doing Shin Cayman Rider, and. Uh, yeah, gimme, 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 gimme. It's gonna be fun, Jacob. He's a he's a he's a fun, sad man, and uh, he makes sad things. And this movie's also very sad. And it's such an interesting look at Japanese culture and government and how the the yeah, JSDF's you know, rules of engagement. I, I love that. You know, it's, it's as, it deals with you know Japanese uh, government, but it's also relatable. Like, you get it. Yeah, but like I, I think it's you know it's it has such a specific cultural context too in that like yeah the JSDF the the Japanese Defense Force is was formed after World War II and because of that has very specific rules on engagement and mm-hmm. what they are allowed to engage with in response and they solely to an attack on, that, on the country and in the film and they kind of touched on that with uh, the Return of Godzilla from the eighties yeah. But in this one, it really takes it to a more fuller dimension where they're yeah. talking about like, okay, well, can we actually activate these people because we have not been attacked by a foreign nation? We're being attacked by what is essentially a natural disaster, but one that would yeah. respond, and they have to get natural disaster with legs. to be able to do that. Yeah. And then there's the the what I love the the seriousness of how they take the idea of the UN deciding that America's just going to nuke Godzilla. Yeah. And they're yeah. just saying, hey, if you let us nuke Godzilla, we will pay for all of the re we will pay for all of the rebuilding. We will pay for everything after he's destroyed. And there's a solemnity to the authorization of using a nuclear yeah. bomb in Japan. And I think that that's again. Yeah, I think that that's such 
it takes it so seriously and it's so effective. And honestly, watching it makes me like almost actively angry about how lightly the Avengers takes nuking New York. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I, I love the idea that they have to consider, you know, international sympathy and funding. It just takes the political realities of what if Godzilla attacked so seriously. And I think that that's what would just, happen. Like I said. When you're doing the 30-somethingth Godzilla movie, I want to see something yeah. new. And Shin Godzilla is nothing but new ideas for a yes, franchise it's nothing that but new, has not had one of in my, a long time. And it's one of my favorites in the whole series. Yeah. I adore Shin Godzilla. It's really, really cool. And that takes us to the end. We've, we've watched every Godzilla it. movie. We watched all of the big G, Jacob. It's, that's crazy to me. Don't talk to us about anime. <laughs> We're not doing those. We I don't like talk anime. about anime here. I mentioned enough anime on this episode. We're good. Um, but no, I, I, I enjoy the anime I've seen. But by all accounts, the Godzilla ones are not good. So I will be skipping them. I have heard uh, good things honestly, about... Honestly, there's not. I don't have enough time in my yeah. life to watch something that I'm fairly certain I'm not going to like. I'm yeah. pretty selective with what I watch, Jake. I tried to watch the the first of the three anime films and it just bounced off of me. But yeah, I, 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 I do hear I that bet, the um, the series Singular Point, the new Netflix series, is very good and it looks much I've, more showa. I've heard that's good, so uh, I, I want to check that out. Speaking of cool Godzilla animated series, uh, the one that's based off the '98 movie is also pretty cool. I like it a lot. Yeah. Side note. Side note. There. That's that's a fun show that I grew up watching. <laughs> Um, before we stop, I just want to j- just a brief mention of two American Godzilla movies that never got made, but I I honestly would oh, yes, like I to hear see about them these. both. So the first is Godzilla 3D, and okay. right. that was going to be directed by Steve Miner. Oh God, really? Yeah, it was going to be in the eighties. Um, okay, the guy and, who did uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Three and H Two O, I think. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, the guy okay. who made Steve Miner is one of those rare directors who has done great slasher movies in multiple slasher franchises. Yeah, it's it's just <laughs> him and Ronnie Yu. <laughs> those are the two guys yeah. who've done yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so this was going to be an American film in '83. Steve Miner wow. kind well, of was. Yeah, of course it would have been '83. Yeah, that's when all the 3D movies happened. Yep, and he uh, it was going to be stop motion Godzilla. Fred Decker wrote wow. the screenplay. Oh my god! Yeah, um, you're checking all the boxes, Jacob. You're I checking. know <laughs> it was going to be very inspired by like Steven Spielberg and then James Bond. So it was going to have like a <sighs> spy, like there was going to be like a central spy story, and oh it was god. very much uh, about the Americans and the Russians, both kind of dealing with Godzilla. Um, it's. It was this going to be been cool. It, it would have been cool, and I think the Godzilla effects would have been really cool. Um, oh yeah, it was going to be stop motion. Um, <sighs> but you know, maybe that would have stopped us from getting the Heisei era, which would have been sad. I, I, I'm maybe. glad that we have those. So, I that it wasn't. It was an interesting movie. Um, the the screenplay is out there online if you if you want to find it. It's. It's not great, but it's it's good, and it's yeah. it's one of the ones where it's just Godzilla. There's no other monsters. Um, okay, that's fine. But, but he's stop motion, and that would have been cool looking. Yeah, but that that um that 
that ended up falling through. But then the one that really came close to happening was uh, immediately before uh, Roland Emmerich took over, TriStar was originally working on a draft with um, uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean writers. Um, what are they? Really? Names? Yeah, Terry Rossio and... Um, okay, all right. Well, Ted Elliott. And I do not... I This is the first time I'm ever hearing those names, and I love those movies, so that's weird. Oh, yeah, no, they are... So to me, To me, they're just Gore Verbinski joints. <laughs> um, Elliot and Rossio, they... Um They've written everything. Uh, they okay. they wrote Aladdin, The Mask of Zorro, Small Soldiers, Wow, okay. Shrek. Um, <laughs> they wrote Shrek. Oh my God! Okay. They, uh, they Rossio, I think, might so be. I LA. should know these names. I can't really right. tell them apart. But they run a gr- one of them runs a really interesting blog um, about all of their screenwriting efforts and. Huh. In every story they tell, they kind of make themselves out to be the hero of, or like, oh, they didn't follow our brilliant advice. But it's it's still interesting to read, regardless of that kind of annoying habit of theirs. Um, Big surprise. <laughs> but so they wrote a draft for um, for TriStar that was going to be directed by Jan de Bont, who Ooh. was fresh off of Speed. Like, yeah, he had just so completed he must have done- Speed. He must have done Twister instead of this. Yes, that's exactly what okay. happened. So he was okay, going. Then to you know dr- what? No, I'm happy. We got Twister. I'm happy. <laughs> well, so he was working on this. The design of Godzilla was going to be done by St- um, Stan Winston Studios. There's oh, maquettes okay. and drawings of that out there that are really great looking. It's a very faithful rendition of Godzilla, and in their version, Godzilla fights against a, a monster called the Griffin which is essentially cool. like a mythological griffin. It's got like bat. Yeah, it's got bat wings. It's got the lion head. It's got its claw, like talons. Yeah, it really would. Ha- it sounds like it would have been really cool. It makes some weird adaptational choices. I think technically mm-hmm. Godzilla himself is an alien in it, which I don't love, but like he's an alien. That's weird. Crash landed on Earth like millions of years ago. Um, Interesting. Which isn't great, but... The, it looks really interesting. And you know what? That's a fair trade-off for him fighting a griffin. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I'll allow it. Um, but it, eventually, the budget just ended up getting to be too high for yeah, um, yeah. TriStar to handle, and so they they let griffin them go. Are expensive. Chicken. And Roland Emmerich came on, and he was like, "I'm only going to come on if I can write my own script. I I don't really care for this that they have." So he threw away everything they did, and. Elliot and Rossio have, have spoken, again, in one of their stories where they're like, oh, we're the smartest people and everybody else is an idiot. They're like, Godzilla has to have a villain so that you can root for him to destroy stuff and then also root for him to win again the fight, which isn't wrong, but that's... That's correct, yeah. yeah. But uh, So those were two uh, near misses in American Godzilla movies that we almost got. I think both would have been really interesting. I probably would have preferred the Yandabont one to the Matthew Broderick one, but oh well, we got Twister, so... You know, yeah, I'll take Twister over most movies ever made, so that's fine. Um, and that actually takes us to the end. Um, oh. <laughs> well, I mean, not the end of, of Monsters Never Die. We will be back. No, we'll be, we will be back very soon with a topic yet to be decided upon. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so... This was fun, Jacob. This, this was, was great. a lot of fun. I, this is a good series. This is a... Uh, it, it, we, we learned a lot, uh... The, the real monsters that never died were the kaiju we made along the way. <laughs> and hopefully any listeners who just don't care about Godzilla will come back to us next month. 
<laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Uh, we'll welcome you back with open arms. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, before we end the show, I just want to give a shout out to Kyle. He's one of our most faithful listeners. Love you, buddy. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, but until next time, Jacob, where can we find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me on the internet over at Jacob underscore Denoble, and that's on Twitter, Twitter and Letterboxd. And uh, how about you, Matt? Uh, you can find me everywhere at the real Matt C. Uh, I use that name for pretty much everything: Twitter, Letterboxd, uh, Instagram. Uh, you can also find me on yeah, basically that's it. Yeah. Oh, also follow my uh, yeah. I'll plug that. Follow my new Instagram, the real Matt Photography, where I'm having a whole lot of fun with my new obsession with cameras. Um, yeah, you Jacob should do has that. A few, His pictures are great. Jacob has a few of the results. I sent him a bunch of Polaroids that I took at his summer ween party where uh, we got to hang out last month. Yeah. And that was cool. We had a good time. We did. Um, I would like to ask uh, any listeners, uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. I don't really care yeah, if people find this show. I just need the moral boost. And <laughs> it yeah. would be great. It would be great to read nice things about myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that too. Leave us a review. Um all that good stuff. Uh, this has been another fun episode. Uh, Jacob, until next time, stay spooky.